Welcome to Good News, brought to you by Listening for Clues. We are Lauren Welch and John Shemitek, deacons in the Episcopal Diocese of Maryland. And today we're going to have some good news about Syrian refugees in Turkey. We have a special guest with us today, Father Jeff Hewell, who's the rector of All Hallows Church in Davidsonville, Maryland. And Jeff, you've been involved with Syrian refugees in Southeast Turkey for some time, and we're just really excited that you're here today and can't wait uh, to hear what you have to say. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So, Jeff, John and I were really inspired at the election convention when you spoke about this ministry. So now we want you to share how you got involved and um, what you're doing now. You know, that's not a short uh, answer as far as how I got involved in this, because it was something that just happened. Uh, you know, in our line of work, we tend to uh, uh, say that the Holy Spirit caused this to happen. And that's the best answer that I could possibly give, because, you know, if we claim love as God's principal attribute, this is a ministry that grew out of love and friendship. Um, it started nine years ago with a friend of mine. Uh, I went to Turkey on a uh, seminary immersion tour uh, that was sponsored by a small religious association in Istanbul. And um, I became friends with the director of this little association, a guy named Hakan Galerje. And uh, this association was because of the theologian that they follow, a 20th century scholar named Said Nursi, they were seeking to foster relationships with Christian communities. This was something that Nursi uh, felt was very important. And so um, they sponsored us, you know, as a way for us to get to know them and for them to get to know us. And then shortly after that, Hakan was sent by the association to do a one-year diploma in Christian studies at my seminary, and that's where we really became close friends. Um, and then when we graduated, in my graduation photo, he and I are actually sitting side by side in that. I wish, wish I had a copy of it, but little did I know. Um, so this was back when Virginia Seminary still had the second three years program, where after you graduated from three years of seminary, they tried to help you with your first three years in ministry to make sure it was a positive experience. And one of the things they would do was to give you a grant uh, to travel somewhere to do some project. And so I traveled to uh, Istanbul in February of 2016 uh, to meet with Hakan. And we assumed we were going to write an article about, you know, a faithful Muslim and a faithful Christian who had become close friends. But this was around the time that the news of just how bad the Syrian refugee crisis was starting to finally bubble up onto the Western uh, news. And so I contacted Hakan and I said, we got to make this something that highlights the Syrian refugee crisis. So I went off to Turkey uh, in 2016 with the biggest luggage I've ever carried. I had camping gear. I didn't know if we were going to Greece. I didn't know if we were going to Izmir. They didn't know what we were doing. And when I got there, Hakan said, the Syrian refugees are right up the hill from us, 50 meters up the hill was a huge concentration of them living 
in overwhelmingly difficult conditions. So we decided the best thing that we could do would be to make a video as a faithful Muslim and a faithful Christian encouraging Muslims and Christians worldwide to find ways to cooperate to try and alleviate the suffering. Um, and we always viewed that as being an ongoing project that I, I plan on traveling back there in the summer and we would do more work uh, together. But then uh, the failed coup attempt happened and suddenly um, everything exploded. And my friend disappeared from social media. Oh. I, had, I had no idea what had happened to him. I had no way to get in contact with him. Mm. I would reach out to the seminary and ask, have you all heard from him? And no one really knew what to think. Um, little did I know, though, that over those three years, Hakan was basically, whether he was doing it or God was doing it, his life was being rearranged such that he, everything became about positioning him to be able to do this work with Syrian refugees. He completed his PhD in sociology and moved to uh, Shanla Urfa, which is southeastern Turkey, about 24 miles from the Syrian border. It's the highest concentration of Syrian refugees. Uh, when I say that, it's a half a million refugees, which is roughly the same number of refugees as in Istanbul. But in Istanbul, there are, you know, 15 million people of which half a million are Syrians. Whereas in Shanla Urfa, it's one and a half million people took in half a million Syrians. So one in four citizens there is a Syrian refugee. Um, it is considered possibly the poorest metropolitan statistical area in the country of Turkey, especially since they took in so many Syrian refugees. Uh, and Haran uh, uh, University hired Hakan to be a professor of sociology uh, and to be the director of their Center for Migration Studies, which all of a sudden gave him carte blanche quasi-governmental authority to do the work we're doing. And it was about that time he popped back up on Facebook. So I said, Hakan, how can we get involved? How can we help? He said, Abi, that means brother, Abi, we need wheelchairs. Apparently a lot of people had either lost wheelchairs in getting out of Syria or they now needed wheelchairs because of the bombings. And so all hallows, I held a fund drive and we raised enough money to buy, uh, I think a dozen wheelchairs. And we sent that over and uh, Hakan bought wheelchairs for people who needed them. And then um, I said, okay, what do you need now? He said, well, we need educational materials. So I started a fund drive to raise educational materials. We raised, uh, raised 2,400 to buy the wheelchairs. And I think we raised 1,600 to buy the educational supplies. Uh, and then around the end of the year, this was 2019, a uh, member of my congregation approached me and said, I just inherited some appreciated stock that I need to give away. I want to give it to all Hallows and I want you to use all of it for uh, aiding Syrian refugees. And it turned, yeah, wow, it turned out to be, I think it was $30,000 in appreciated McDonald's stock, which at the exchange rates uh, at the time, even now, um, one Turkish lira is uh, worth about a nickel. So 
um, that translated to 600,000 Turkish lira, which means the same thing in their society that $600,000 would mean here. And, and so I called Hakan and I said, uh, let's dream big. What are we going to do? And it just kind of grew, started growing organically. But of course, I had no idea what was going on, except that I was, I was raising money. Um, because, you know, right after Hakan resurfaces, and we've got this infusion of cash, and we're about to start making these plans, COVID pandemic hit. And so I continued raising money here, and he built, was building a program. And the only contact we could have was by email, phone, or, uh, you know, FaceTime. Um, and it was not until June of last year that I was able to go visit. That was the first time since the 2016 visit that I was able to go over. And I was amazed at what Hakan and his wife Rukia and uh, some other core volunteers had built. Um, it is a fabulous, multifaceted, long-term aid program that has all of the uh, hallmarks of how uh, a Near Eastern society would seek to approach the problem. It is all built relationally. It is all built on becoming friends, finding out what people need. This, this is not, you know, uh, car drives up, how many people in your family pop your trunk and we put the food pantry food in your trunk. This is how can we help you? What do you need? How can we best approach that? How can we solve, help you solve the problems that you need solved? And I was absolutely amazed at what we've been able to do. Um, and I continued to raise money after that. I think prior to the earthquake in February, we had raised uh, $55,000 at that point, um, which translated to uh, you know, roughly a million Turkish lira. Uh, and then the earthquake happened. And uh, Shanla Urfa was 220 kilometers east of the epicenter. And um, so the, the challenge there was the government was offering plenty of aid to help citizens, but there was no help available for Syrian refugees. So I jumped in and we started fundraising again. And thanks to the kindness of so many people. That was what I stood up and spoke about that day at St. John's Ellicott City was the fact that I think to date we've raised another $45,000 to help Syrian refugees with earthquake relief. And so um, it's turned into a $100,000 program that started out with, how can we help? Hey, could you raise some money for some wheelchairs? And $100,000 later, we're, we're, we're doing all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah that, that is really awesome. What a, what a story. I mean, the, what's so amazing to me, too, about this is uh, this grew out of, as you said, I think at the beginning, of a friendship and something that was yeah. based on two people of faith, of different faiths, who sometimes yep. don't relate that well. So this is, a, this is a, an amazing story of that friendship and... Uh, What's possible. Yeah. 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 Well, and the and, fact uh, that the program itself is relational. Thank mm -hmm. you for thank you for mentioning that. I think that's really important. Um, yeah. Did that surprise you? Uh, 
No, knowing no. Hakan the way I do, I assumed it would be like that. Um, teaching at the university, the, he got a lot of students involved and he's built a team around the program of about 30 uh, college age volunteers. Um, and they're broken up roughly evenly, Turkish, Kurdish, and Arabic. Uh, Arabic uh, volunteers were Syrian students who several years ago, the government decided that um, the Syrian uh, refugee students would not be able to go to state university for free, which in Turkey, uh, a Turkish citizen who has the grades goes to state university tuition and books paid for. Uh, when that decision was made towards Syrian refugees, we immediately picked up a dozen uh, Syrian students that we started paying their tuition and books, um, which sounds like a lot of money, but it actually only turned out to be $300 a year per student. Wow. And yeah, and then those folks folded into the program as volunteers wanting, wanting to give back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and then the Syrian students and the Kurdish students and the Turkish students have all become amazing lifelong friends. And it is that love, you know, my love for Hakan, Hakan's love for me, our love for the students, the students' love for each other. It's like the upper room, you know, it's like all of that love is just flowing out from that little group. And it's overwhelming the number of things that it's able to do. So it really is about love. <laughs> it is at its base. I mean, it doesn't get any more grassroots than than what this is. And the and, and as we equate uh, God as love and Christ as the uh, incarnated expression of that and the Holy Spirit as the one who comes alongside us and leads us in that love, mm -hmm. I have no other place to attribute this except to God. <laughs> And my guess is that uh, your colleagues uh, in uh, Turkey have the same sense. They, they know have this. This is something from God. This is Absolutely. something from God. Yeah, wow. So, so Jeff, did you have, uh, you know, you mentioned so many of the uh, uh, kind of barriers along the way with uh, the, uh, the pandemic and earthquakes. And this sounds oh. very, this sounds like the uh, beginning of the church in, in a way too. Yeah, uh, well, the failed but, coup attempt. Yes, you know? the failed coup attempt, all of that. Uh, those were all huge barriers. Did you have other kinds of personal barriers or other kinds of uh, issues that came in there that made this really tough to do? Or were, were you just kind of like on a roll for all these years? No, well, bear in mind, there was a huge gap. There was a three year gap when Hakan disappeared and little did I know on his end, just how much was changing in his life. And um, he would from time to time send me a video. It was so funny after I left and we couldn't get back together. Um, and when we got back together and I started um, raising money here, um, it was just sort of an academic thing. Oh, well, this is Father Jeff's project, you know, and he's raising money for it, but uh, it didn't really come up on a lot of radar until um, April of 2022, when suddenly I had just had COVID, my whole family had it, and I had recovered from it. And for the first time since 2016, the State Department suddenly lowered the travel warnings to, you know, two, which... Four is do not go, two is exercise increased caution, which 
you know, most of Europe is too, but um, that I made the decision to go. And that was when I started getting pushback. Uh, locally, here and there, things that I didn't expect from people I wouldn't expect. And I, I don't want to put, point at any one person or group, but I started catching whispers in the background. Why are we doing this kind of work with Muslims on the other side of the world when there are people here who need help? Well, and my answer to that was always, well, for whatever reason, God has shown me this clear path to do this. Um, right now, beyond Jeff Abi and Hakan Abi and this little team of volunteers, uh, right now we're we're the last NGO standing. And uh, Shanla Urfa, uh, yeah, everybody else is pulled out. So your main um, kind of intervention, in a way, at this point, the main thing you're doing personally is, um, besides maintaining the relationship, which I get is absolutely key, uh, is uh, fundraising. Is that right? And fundraising. How, yeah. How are you doing that, Jeff? How's that going? <laughs> asking <that> people, <laughs> asking any chance I get, and also uh, helping to educate Americans about the Syrian refugee crisis. This has largely not made our news media at all for 12 years. Um, and there have been little times when it's bubbled up, you know, um, in 2016, there was the image of uh, a drowned refugee child washed up on the shore. We all remember that. There was an image about five years ago of a little girl who froze to death in one of the encampments. Uh, but by and large, we've ignored the situation. And so part of what I, I feel I do is I'm that guy in the corner of the room standing on my chair yelling at everybody, what about the Syrians? They need our help. And, you know, if I can get an audience and I can talk to people, it doesn't take long for them to see that we really should be involved in this work. And that that's mostly what I find my work is, is, I, you know, on, on this side of, of the Atlantic, I try in my own small way, and, and it seems to be growing. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, the Holy Spirit is growing it, but in my own small way to be a voice for uh, the need. Uh, sometimes I have people say, what, that's still going on? Yeah, it's been going on for 12 years. Um, and then when I'm on that side of, of the Atlantic, when I'm with them in Turkey, we go to the homes of our Syrian refugee families that we're working with, and they want to meet this guy. They, you know, if, if they could have their druthers, they'd all like to fly over here and meet us because they can't believe that a Western Christian community has reached this, this far across the divide in love and is doing this kind of work, is funding this kind of work. It just, at every turn, I meet people who are surprised. It breaks their stereotype of what a Western Christian is. And isn't that a big part of what we need to be doing as I, I see with the work that I'm doing there is missionary work. It's, you know, it's missionary work is not just about proclaiming the gospel. Sometimes it is about changing people's minds, opening pathways. 
Yeah, living the love. I mean, it's so clear that's coming from your heart. This whole this yeah. is absolutely clear. Oh. Yeah. Wow, Jeff. Amazing. That's what a fantastic story. And, a, and I'm just, uh, I'm so honored to hear it and to get to meet you this way. This is just great. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask, since I know you say you just ask people and they give you money, <laughs> hopefully, how can our viewers and listeners uh, support you, support this ministry, this mission, this outreach uh, of uh, international healing? How can they help? Well, help me get the word out. Um, educate yourselves. We need to educate ourselves on the Syrian crisis. We need to be aware of it. Uh, probably the best source, if you have PBS Passport, go back through past uh, episodes of VS Frontline, who did a brilliant job of covering, uh, when they could, the Syrian conflict and the refugee crisis. Uh, read uh, the wonderful book by Christine Leftieri, The Beekeeper of Aleppo. It is a fictitious story that very accurately details what it was like to be a Syrian refugee trying to escape uh, at the height of the crisis in 2016. Google Turkey, Syrian refugees, pull up the news, look at it, be aware of it. Also beyond that, if you are in my geographic area, and you need a guest speaker for anything, please reach out to me. I'll come tell the story. I'm glad to. I talk about it with any group, any group that will have me. Great, Jeff. So how can actually people reach you? Would it be through the All Hallows website? Contact or... information is on the All Hallows website, which is simply okay. allhallowsparish.org. On Facebook. Great. We'll have those links in the show notes for people to access easily. So we want to definitely make sure that that people can reach you and be part of this. And also, if you would like to give a donation, you know, I tell people all the time, you're never going to find a more, what do they call the, the people who write charities, a blue chip charity. I mean, literally every single dollar that gets donated goes directly to a Syrian refugee in need. There's, I mean, occasionally we have to pay a $50 trans, international bank fund transfer fee. That's the only overhead. Mm, wow. So if anyone wants to support financially, learn about this, act on yes. it, be part of yeah. it, it's there. It's there for you. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks. Thanks Thank once again, Jeff. It's been an honor. You're welcome. Thank you for being with us. You've inspired, I know, the viewers and our listeners just like you did, John and I. I hope today. so. I hope so. so. We want to thank all of the viewers and listeners today. We are really grateful for your participation. We cannot do this without you. We ask you to please comment, like, share this on all of your social media, if you wish. Until next time, peace and blessings. Good News is being brought to you by Listening for Clues. You can find us on our website, listeningforclues.com, our YouTube channel, our Vimeo channel, and just about every podcast platform that there is. Hope to see you soon.